All righty, everybody. Good afternoon. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And it's Wednesday Wiz, and that means it's Waiver Wire Day. Uh, a lot of a lot of leagues start their waiver wires on, on, on Wednesdays. Uh, our, our big league in the Bronx, we do it on Thursdays. But this is uh, a good way to set yourself up uh, as we head into the first, well, the third week of the NFL season. So, Wiz, what's going on? Yeah, doing pretty good. Uh, looking forward to uh, the podcast, week three fantasy football in the season, all of that good stuff. And uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll get it right on the way with the uh, best of the free agent pickups going into week three. Yeah, now, I, and a quarterback, Wiz, uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that most leagues uh, a player like Justin Fields is not available, but maybe I'm wrong. I know there's a lot of hype around the player. He's going to get an opportunity to start for the first time this week. Uh, with uh, Andy Dalton being injured. But when I look across the other players, you know, I don't think, certainly not in my eyes, the players that are available to start like Brissett and Mills uh, and in the case of, uh, I don't know, like Ben Roethlisberger is looking, looking a little iffy for this week as well. But I, I think you could agree with me that none of those players are really, especially with no bye weeks at this point in time, they're not really options on the wave of why. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it depends, you know, again, how deep your league is, uh, how many quarterbacks, is it a super flex league? But, uh, yeah, I think mostly the guys that are available are the guys that will be starting out of nowhere this week, the Jacoby Brissett, the Davis Mills, the Jacob Eason's uh, of the world. And, uh, you know, um, I think the J- the Jacoby Brissett, and Jacob Eason are a little bit interesting because uh, they have a very good surrounding cast uh, of talented players to throw around them. Jacoby Brissett, uh, you know, looks like the Dolphins are going to get Will Fuller back um, this week, so uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I think those are the guys to look at, and uh, you know, depending on the type of league you're in, um, uh, assuredly uh, Justin Fields is probably not available. Yeah, and I think that's that's the key here. Like we're we're basing a lot of our discussions around what we deem to be normal roster sizes with some somewhere between 16 and 18 players. You know, we're in leagues where there's 24 guys rostered, 20 guys rostered, and, and it really depends on the nature of the league. Like you said, if it's a super flex league where you're able to start two quarterbacks, that, that makes it a more pressing situation, especially with these quarterbacks that are down. So I, I just, you know, for us to be explicit about that, I, I think is a very important thing. Yeah. And, uh, yes, for certain. And uh, I think, um, that, you know, Jacob Eason makes for an interesting pickup. Um, you know, like I said, it's certainly in a league where you have a super flex league and everyone has two starters uh, and and most teams have three and those guys are not available. Um, to any of the backups are really not available. So an opportunity to pick up Reset or Jacob Eason probably makes sense in that type of league. In in other formats, I've seen, you know, the, a lot of the rookie quarterbacks still available. So, um, well, you know, it all, it all depends on roster size, the type of league you're in and all of that thing. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Jacoby Brissett and Jacob Eason make for interesting looks, certainly, in my opinion, over Davis Mills. All right, so let's move over to the the running back spot. So, uh, you know, when I look across leagues, I I see in a number of leagues, based on what happened in week one, J.D. McKissick got dropped. I see 
James White on a few too many waiver wires still. I think you talked a lot about that player, and we're starting to see more of a 2018-2019 James White as opposed to what we saw last year, which was a difficult for him uh, personally and obviously dealing with a with a with a with a lower uh, quality quarterback in Cam Newton. Uh, those are those are those, those are situations that bear watching. Of course, the San Francisco running back situation. Your guess is as good as mine. After Elijah Mitchell, if even Elijah Mitchell is going to be active because he's dealing with injury as well. Uh, but there's potential for guys like Trenton Cannon, Jock Patrick, uh, even Kerryon Johnson to be available. It's just names to kind of mention. And I think Cordaro Patterson is a really interesting guy because he's got dual position uh ownership you can use him as either a wide uh, receiver eligibility, eligibility yeah, yeah. W- w- wide rece- wide receiver or running back and you know to me he's starting to k- kind of encroach on on Mike Davis's touches uh, he's a guy that I don't think should be available a couple other names I'm just going to throw out there with Dalvin Cook kind of dealing with injuries I don't think uh Alexander Madison should be available I expressed concern on the last podcast about Clyde Edwards Hilaire if I was a Clyde Edwards Hilaire owner I might be looking very closely at Daryl Williams at this point in time. Um, those are just a couple of names that I'm kind of looking at, Wiz, in terms of waiver wires at the running back position. Yeah, I think well, let's start off with probably the two best backups, handcuffs in the league, and Alexander Madison and Tony Pollard, who I you know are available in, 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 in leagues. And uh, those two players should be rostered, especially if you have Ezekiel Elliott and or uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, and then they have certainly Pollard more so than Madison has, you know, standalone value. And to me, Pollard, I think it may be difficult for a lot of people to admit this, especially who've taken Ezekiel Elliott with the, their first round fantasy pick. But it just looks like Tony Pollard is the better half of that duo at this point. Uh, and this is not a one or a two game sample size. This is going back to last year and the start of this year. So t- Tony Pollard should be rostered in every league. Um, he has standalone value. Uh, Madison, certainly, if you have Cook, you should have gone out of your way to make sure that you have Madison. But it just seems like Dalvin Cook is on the cusp of missing time. A few, you know, it just it just appears that that almost every game there's some kind of thing where he's being looked at or hobbles off the field. A lot of times he comes back, but he's just too good of a player, and he would get a lot of carries if something was to happen to Cook where he would have missed time. As far as Cordaro Patterson is concerned, I think this is an interesting situation because there's a negative view and a positive view. The, the negative view is we've seen this act with Cordaro Patterson over the last years. He shows these flashes, and then he goes a couple of games, and he's not relative. Uh, he's not relevant, relevant as far as the stat sheet is concerned. The good part of this is the the Falcons very it appears are going to be in rare situations where their game script is going to call for pounding the ball to Mike Davis. It appears their game script is going to be more conducive for Cordaro Patterson where they're trailing and they kind of need that type of player. So there's some negatives and positives with Cordaro Patterson. We've seen this before, but boy, game script and the way he looks. 
it makes him for for probably the premium pickup at running back this week. Yeah, and, and, and on McKissick, who had a very strange game in week one, I'm, I'm actually reading here that uh, Antonio Gibson is a, you know, a little banged up with his shoulder, but he's had some extra rest uh, given the uh, Thursday night game last week. But, you know, he kind of got back to his normal role in, in, the, in, in the last game against the Giants. I, I think there were a few owners that kind of gave up on him pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, you have to believe that McKissick still will be maybe not an 80 catch guy this year, but still a guy who can catch 50, 60 balls and be of value, especially as we get into uh, some of those weeks where you're dealing with bye weeks or injuries. Yeah, I think he's the type of player where your lead rules matter more than probably any other player that you're talking about in free agency. If this is a, you're in a full PPR league, he has value. He should be rostered. In a half PPR league, it's a little bit of a different story. He'd probably need an injury uh, or some missed time from Gibson to become a factor. But in a full PPR league, um, he he should be rostered, and there's no reason to believe uh, that he's not capable of catching four or five passes a game and you know maybe 30, 40 yards of offense in a game. And that, that could add up, especially when it comes to bye weeks and you know, his injuries and and that type of thing. So know your rules and know uh, what's going on with your league. But um, if you're in a full PPR league, definitely he should be rostered. All right, good stuff. Uh, Wide receiver. So um, there are some injuries that we should be watching out for. Uh, I I do want to watch closely Deontay Johnson because we've noted here on this podcast many times if one of those Steeler guys were to get hurt, James Washington would rise in value. It looks like the injury right now is not a major deal, but something to keep in mind for Deontay Johnson owners. Uh, So that's the first guy I wanted to mention. I think Quintus Cephas has showed us on Monday night that he's probably, especially Tyrell Williams has already been ruled out, but he's probably the receiver. If you want to own a receiver on on the Detroit Lions right now. I think that's the guy that you do want to own. And one other player that I want to mention, uh, Wiz, is uh, for your beloved Minnesota Vikings. KJ Osborne looks like he's taken uh, taken the ball and run with it literally um, in this offense with no Irv Smith Jr. as being kind of that third option in the passing game. I don't think he's a player that should be available in leagues uh, you know, of that 16 to 18 size. He looks like he's going to be a more integral part of that uh, Minnesota Viking offense this year. Yes, we'll be cover the guys you mentioned and a few others as well. A few others as well. So Brian Edwards and Rondell Moore are two receivers that you and I have been talking about. We have them in in just about every league that we're in. You have some, and I have. You know, we're partners where we have them. Um, they should be rostered. They're going to be a bigger part of the offense going forward. They should certainly be rostered. Um, I was not a believer in Henry Ruggs. I'm starting to become more of a believer. I think he's available in a lot of leagues. I think you have to take a look at him and you want to be part of that Raider offense because it looks like Gruden's using the right guys and the right system. And Henry Ruggs looks like he may have turned the corner. And um, and if he could stay on the field, uh, I think he is uh, someone that should be looked at. Um, Adam Humphreys was, I think, probably forgotten about. It maybe he had a quiet game week one, but I'm not sure exactly how long Curtis Samuel is going to be out. Had eight targets in week two, was was manning that slot for the Washington football team. If he was dropped, he's a player that I think needs to be looked at. And last but not least is the player you mentioned, K.J. Osborne. It looks like he's going to be the third guy, the third pass catcher on that Viking team. And those... 
targets that were going to go to Irv Smith and maybe the other third receiver on the Vikings before the season started. Looks like they're all going to go to KJ Osborne. So those are the are the prime and um, priority players at wide receiver this week. Yeah, it's interesting. I picked up Humphreys in a couple of leagues in the first week, and I was I was all pissed off about how he didn't really produce or anything. And then obviously in week two he does what he has to do. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, I'd, I'd stick probably Hunter Renfro in there too because I've seen him still kind of hanging around on waiver wires, and it looks like the Raiders have kind of smartened up about the way they're going to use that player this year. Yeah, I would agree. And you know, the James Washington one, you know, you have to keep an eye on injuries. But I'm also concerned about the quarterback, the offensive line, and the ability to throw the deep ball, which is James Washington's specialty. So. I'm, I'm going to take the wait-and-see approach as far as James Washington because I don't want to pick the player up and have Dwayne Haskins throwing him the ball. <laughs> well, that, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, um, yeah, I, yeah I, the, what I saw on, on Roethlisberger today didn't look particularly good, but I was starting to become a little bit excited before hearing about that. Um, I'm moving to the tight end position now, Wiz. Was Fairmuth from, uh, from former Penn State guy, now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and clearly seems to be moving ahead of uh, Oven Mitt's uh, Eric Ebron. Uh, but obviously that kind of changes the dynamic. We know in the past that uh, Ben Roethlisberger's done well with tight ends, uh, especially like Heath Miller, if you remember that. And, and I, I think I think we've moved on from the Eric Ebron era. And, and last week, four catches for Fryermuth, so that was a that was a very good sign. Uh, the other guy I'd mentioned, even though he didn't do anything last week uh, after a decent uh, week one, uh, was Cole Komet. Uh, who is on the field way more than Jimmy Graham at this point in time and, and is going to be the beneficiary uh, at, the, at the tight end position from a fantasy perspective for the Chicago Bears. I didn't see anything else that kind of rang out to me, Wiz, in terms of the tight end position. Um, you know, again, maybe, maybe you have to dig a little bit deeper depending on the league, uh, but is there anybody else that I'm kind of missing here and any comments you have on the couple of guys that I did mention at tight end? Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, it's it's a, it's a position that you, when it comes to free agency, you have to maybe look for some outside the box theories. And I have I have a view on one. Um, I, I have a feeling with the injury to to gauge that they're just going to split Kyle Pitts out as a wide receiver. And I think Hayden Hurst hasn't been involved that much in the offense at all he's a guy that i believe is available in most leagues he'd be like a super duper sleeper. but he may be more of a DraftKings special coming up that i'm going to maybe give out over the weekend but he also is capable of having a good game and uh, i just believe with that offense that they're going to be behind in a lot of game scripts and they're just going to be splitting kyle pitts and he's only a tight end in name only and hayden hurst is the one that'll have his hands in the ground really playing the tight end position and can do some things and uh and gerald everett is another one who was i think dropped um by in, a, in some leagues and he's been pretty quiet with three catches in two games uh one of which was a touchdown in week one but i'm not giving up on that player yet i, I think he is capable of, of having some good games with russell wilson so um hayden hurst and gerald Everett are two players that i would maybe recommend if you're in a kind of a dire situation at tight end this week yeah hurst is an interesting one uh, you know I, fi- I did have written down zacchaeus also you know going back to receiver um with justin uh, with, with gauges 
Page's injury uh, as a possibility uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. But, you know, what you're saying actually makes a lot of sense as well. And not to say that we won't see Zacchaeus in there a little bit. He actually was on the field a little bit more in this particular game, uh, last game, actually, but not really productive. But that might change a little bit. Last year, a few flashes uh, during the season for the Falcons and, and just a situation to watch as Gage is nursing an injury. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Wiz, that uh, that's wraps it up for me. Uh, any, anything further to add here? Uh, no, I just think, uh, well, let me just delve into the d- defensive special teams a little bit. Uh, I think the Panthers are probably a premium pickup this week going up against the um, Texans, who are going to be starting a rookie quarterback. Uh, I like Davis Mills, but Carolina's defense has been swarming so uh if they're available in your league um and your defense you know is it looks like they have difficult matchups carolina panthers this week is a an obvious top pick of defense this week yeah and i'm just going to mention one guy as the music is playing uh, evan mcpherson is kicking some bombs for cincinnati Bengals. Uh, that offense sometimes bogs down uh, if you if your kicker if your league rewards long kicks a guy you might want to look out for yeah, I like him too. I just don't like uh, kickers kicking in Pittsburgh. Uh, I just feel that stadium is difficult. But uh, for the for the long haul, McPherson uh, definitely is a good pickup. All right, Wiz. Well done as always. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing, everybody. And we'll be back with a Thursday night football podcast. Wiz, speak to you in a bit. You got it.